Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We could be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast Yo, yo, yo. What is up, everybody? Welcome. This is episode number 25 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am Jay, once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. It is Survivor Series weekend. Oh, yes. Survivor Series, one of the big four oldest and cornerstone pay-per-views that the WWE offers every year. Um... Obviously, Survivor Series uh, is the second oldest pay-per-view besides WrestleMania that WWE offers. Um, It started back in 1987, back when I was only a year old, telling everybody my age. But (laughs) it is what it is. Um, Survivor Series is tomorrow night, um, 7 p.m., I want to say, start time, WWE Network. Uh, But before we get there, we have a show to go through tonight. In about an hour and a half, we have NXT TakeOver War Games uh, taking place in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm going to get into both cards. I'm going to give my predictions. Uh, I'm going to try to get the show <laughs> as quickly done as I can so I could start watching NXT. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to get through the cards. I'm going to go through some little tidbits of news, nothing crazy, just uh, things that have happened the past couple of weeks um there have been plenty of releases to talk about um starcade is coming back too apparently i got that card i'm gonna get into that and we also have our next edition of jay's pay-per-view rewind which will be east uh wcw's world war three from 1997 ecw's making its return here to jay's pay-per-view rewind with november to remember 1997 and it is going against 20 years ago survivor series 97 the infamous montreal screw job and let me tell you something man it's gonna be hard to top that um but for uh for kicks for for shits and giggles we're, uh, we're gonna give it a shot eh? <laughs> so uh and i'm gonna talk about uh the ufc pay-per-view that took place about two weeks ago uh just the three main main championship fights i'm gonna get into and that's about it i'm not gonna talk about the whole card um so with that being said, man, let, let, let's get right down to it. Um, we we had uh, Emma, Darren Young, Summer Rae, and as of Thursday, James Ellsworth got released from uh, their WWE contracts. I'm um, going to just get the two that really I could really care less about out the way. Um, uh, Summer Rae, and, and, and not for nothing, I thought Summer Rae was going to be bigger than what she was. If you, if you guys remember a few years back, she was managing Fandango. She was uh, Fandango's uh, dance partner. And um, it was almost kind of like uh, back in the day when Sable was with uh, Mark Merrow. And the way their characters kind of broke apart from each other. And Sable became the star. And Mark Merrow kind of went off into mediocrity. Um, 
that's where this looked like it was going with uh, Fandango and Summer Rae. It looked like Summer Rae was going to be the star and Fandango was going to go off into nothing. And the way it looked, it looked like they both kind of, you know, kind of went nowhere in terms of their of their gimmick and their career and stuff like that. And Fandango's doing good stuff with Tyler Breeze right now, but, I mean, it's not like they're going to be known as the best tag team of all time. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> in terms of Summer Rae, I think the best thing about her career was her being on Total Divas, you know, for, for that matter. Um, you know, Summer Rae is not a big loss. Yeah, not at all. Uh, and I doubt she'll be missed. <laughs> by fans you know what i mean i'm sure she has fans but uh you know i'm not one of them so goodbye summer Rae. uh good luck <laughs> with whatever it is you do darren young is another one i was never a fan of darren young came up in the nexus with uh wade barrett daniel bryan uh ryback heath slater um uh what's the dude that he was like a boxer uh uh michael tarver um and justin gabriel they came up as the nexus nexus was was a big deal at the time it was a nice group uh who would have thought after all these years heath slater would be the last one standing out of that group (laughs) everybody else is gone um and daniel bryan doesn't wrestle so (laughs) um but yeah i mean darren young you know him and titus o'neill they did good things as the primetime players the first go around. Uh, he's a multiple-time tag team champion. First openly, you know, not first because they've been uh, uh, they've been gay wrestlers in the past, but uh, he's been known as the first openly gay uh, pro wrestler apparently, um, which good for him. I mean, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't save his job. Let's put it to you that way. They gave him a gimmick change to where he came back with Bob Backlund. And Bob Backlund was like his coach. And he's like, we're going to make Darren Young great again. Darren Young was never great. So so that gimmick really, it, it went nowhere. It went nowhere. And they showed pictures of the dude training. He looked in great shape. He got, I think he got injured. So he had to uh, go through rehab and all this other stuff. The dude is in magnificent shape, but he's just not. There's nothing there. So, Darren Young, good luck with whatever it is you're going to do, brother. Uh, um, Emma. Emma was a big uh, Twitter, you know, time bomb that went off when she got released. It was actually kind of a shock because they she had two good matches with Asuka back-to-back. Um, you know, they gave her different music. You know, I think the whole Emmalina not panning out is what did her in um they really wanted emma to fill that void that eva marie left behind of just being just that hot chick you know just you know just being there (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) which they have with lana if they're not gonna let her wrestle you know what i mean um but they decided to put that on emma and apparently she just couldn't get it done in terms of the the acting and all that stuff and they waited they prolonged that Emmalina debut for a couple of months. She was supposed to debut at a certain time and they kept prolonging it and kicking it back, backing it up, backing it up, pushing it back. And when it finally happened, the girl comes out in a beautiful dress, blah blah blah, and then she goes, "You're going to see you saw the transformation of Emma to Emmalina. And now you're going to see it from Emmalina 
to Emma. And we were like, huh? And then she comes back and she's Emma. <clears throat> she's Emma again. You know, with the cop glasses and the leather and the, all this other stuff. And we're like, oh boy, they turned it right back. But listen, Emma wasn't bad. She wasn't bad in the ring. She had great matches in NXT. She had good matches in NXT. She had good matches on the main roster. Um, it's just obviously another example of creative not having anything for 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 good talent. You know, because she is a good talent. She is. She's not bad. But uh, unfortunately, you know, she, she another one bites the dust, and she happens to be one of them. It's not the first time WWE gets rid of a talent or or lets a talent get away that we scratch our heads about, you know, but with so many women on the roster, you know, we have Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, uh, Bailey, uh, Naya, Alexa, all these other girls, you know, do we really need Emma? We don't, but selfishly, you know, we don't want to see a good talent leave, but it is what it is. Good luck to Emma. I heard she's charging a nice chunk of change on the, on the independent scene. So we'll see. (laughs) And as of this past Thursday, James Ellsworth gets uh, gets his release from WWE. Um, I didn't think James Ellsworth was going to last this long, to be honest with you. But you know what? I got to give the devil his due, man. He caught lightning in a bottle. The dude caught lightning in a bottle. The dude got to live his dream. He he did some pretty good things. Entertain- he entertained a lot of people. You know, and, uh, you know, congrats to him. You know, he he got to be in WWE for a whole year. And um, it started out with him jobbing out to Braun Strowman and and his facial features and and his uh, his psychology is what won him a job in WWE uh, for that long period of time. You know, he had those matches with AJ Styles. He uh, did all these other stuff. He was the mascot for Team SmackDown. Uh, last year at some at Survivor Series, and then out of nowhere he became Carmella's lapdog, literally. <laughs> um, and then from there was the beginning of the end. He started getting beating beat up by a bunch of women. Um, and and here's here's a strange story which I don't know if it's true, and if it is, it's pretty crazy. Um, apparently they were gonna have James Ellsworth challenge charlotte for the women's title at wrestlemania and say that james ellsworth identifies as being a woman um i'm kind of glad that that didn't happen um (laughs) i mean i'm not glad that the dude lost his job but uh at the same time i'm kind of glad that didn't go down ever um i know they did silly stuff when with santino that uh he was miss wrestlemania at one point, and he was calling himself Santina. I know they've done silly stuff in the past, but that would have been maybe pushing a a, a, a weird button. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but um, out of the four of them, you know, James James Ellsworth really you know did his thing this past year, and uh, yeah, it sucks that he's gone. But you know what? You know, congrats, the dude got to live his dream, man. And who knows? He might be back. He'll be back. I think he will. Um, moving on, you know, uh, from those releases, let's, uh, before we get into, cause pretty much, I mean, I, before I get into the Starcade show and then pretty much NXT and, and Survivor Series, let's talk about UFC real quick. UFC 217, 
a couple of weeks back, we had a, a three three title, pretty much three main events. Um, to first off, I'm again to the women's championship fight. Uh, Rose Namajunas knocks out Joanna Jacek in the first round. That was kind of surprise. That was very surprising to me. Very surprising. Um, I, I thought Joanna was gonna pick her apart like she does everybody else. But uh, Rose looked confident. She looked um, on point, and she has power. And the and Rose clipped her. She clipped around the jaw, and and she she caught her early in the round. And Joanna uh, looked a little out of it. But that second shot that she caught Joanna with was the death blow, man. And that was it. And uh, Rose Namajunas, the thug, is the new. UFC Women's Strawweight Champion. Uh, congrats to uh, to Rose uh, and that family. Because, uh, I mean, Pat Barry never won a UFC title. But uh, he can say his wife did, which is pretty cool. Um, Next up, uh, for the UFC Featherweight. Is it Featherweight? No, no. UFC Bantamweight. I forget what weight class this is. It's the 135-pound title. Um. T.J. Dillashaw gets some semblance of revenge against uh, Cody No Love Garbrandt, knocking him out, I believe, in the second round. Um, he, he got saved in the first round because Cody caught him with a shot, and uh, it, it looked pretty grim for, for T.J. It was looking pretty bad, but he got his composure, came back in the second round, and uh, T.J. caught him with a nice, clean shot. And uh, took him down and, and just, you know, and that was it. And TJ Dillashaw is a new champion. And in the main event, we have a new UFC middleweight champion. And his and his name is George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre choking out Michael Bisbing. Um, let me tell you something, man. George looks like he has not lost a step at all. And that's uh, being out of the cage for four years. Coming in, defeating Bisbing, who who has the most wins in, in UFC history, blah, blah, blah. But I tell you, man, looking at his body language, looking at how he was running around that cage, looking very confident, the dude looked amazing. And he looks great at 185. St. Pierre looks extremely good at 185 pounds, no doubt about it. Um, Whether he'll stay at 185 or go back down to 170, who knows? Only George St. Pierre knows that. But uh, Dana White uh, believes he knows who's, who uh, George's next opponent is. But George could always flip it and, and do something else. He's George St. Pierre. He's the champion now. So, I mean, the champions, I mean, Dana White can say whatever he wants. But if the champions make up their mind about something, you know, eventually that's what's going to happen. Uh, apparently, he wants him to fight Whitaker. Uh, but St. Pierre is going to fight whoever he wants. <laughs> um, so big ups to George St. Pierre and big ups to Michael Bisming. He's already, uh, going back into the cage to fight, uh, Kelvin Gastelum in a little while, uh, on, on a short notice. Cause, uh, I think Gastelum was supposed to fight Anderson Silva. Uh, Anderson Silva got, got, uh, popped for doping violation again. <sighs> That's terrible. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts man knowing that the the legends that that you've cheered for all these years could have all you know could have all been cheating i mean eh, could have all been adding 
to to their repertoire of uh abilities <laughs> making them superhuman <laughs> but um you know it is what it is big up to michael bisming getting back into the cage on short notice to fight a a very dangerous guy in kelvin gaston um and yeah we, we ufc 219 is looking pretty good the main event is uh tyron woodley defending the welterweight title against nate diaz that should be interesting we haven't seen i haven't seen nate diaz uh probably since the second connor fight i want to say that's i think that's the last time i saw him unless i don't think he's fought again until since that connor fight i'm not sure but uh should be an interesting fight i mean uh just uh you know early early predictions i see woodley winning that fight you know his he's too fast he's too strong and he hits hard but um yeah good good for nate diaz for getting a title shot you know whatever <laughs> but that was ufc 217 um another pay-per-view that wcw uh spearheaded because obviously tonight we have war games so in that spirit WCW, I mean, WWE decided to bring back Starcade. Now, for those of you who do not know what Starcade is, Starcade was WCW's version of WrestleMania. Um, Starcade was around before WrestleMania. Starcade's debut was in 83, which was called a flare for the gold. Obviously, we know who was in the main event of that one. Woo! That's right. The Nature Boy Ric Flair uh, going after Harley Race. For the NWA World Heavyweight title. Um, I believe that night also was the infamous uh, dog collar match between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine, which was legendary and just bloody and, you know, good stuff, man. Starcade had a lot of legendary matches. And you can see all the Starcades on the network from 83 all the way to, I want to say, 2000 was the last Starcade. I guess. Yeah. So you can catch them all on the network. Um, so WWE decided to bring back Starcade for one night only. And uh, unfortunately, this will not be shown on the WWE network when it's uh, when it's going on. Will they bring it later to the network? Maybe. I think they should. I think it's silly that it's not on the network. But it's a glorified house show. And these are the matches that are on it. <clears throat> In a steel cage it is for the WWE title. AJ Styles defends against Jinder Mahal. Um, also in a steel cage, you got Charlotte Flair defending the women's championship against Natalia. Um, you have Baron Corbin taking on Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States title. Um, you got the Usos taking on the New Day in a Texas Tornado tag team title match. Bobby Roode is taking on Dolph Ziggler. Aiden English and Mike Kanellis taking on Breezango in a tag team match. And you'll have appearances by the Hardys, um, which I'm sure Jeff probably won't be there, so it'll probably be just Matt. Um, you'll have uh, the Rock and Roll Express making an appearance. Supposedly, there's rumor going around that they're going to take on Gallows and Anderson. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but we'll see what happens. Or maybe not. We'll probably just hear about it. Um, and we have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat making an appearance. Ric Flair is going to be there. So, you know, it should have a WCW type feel to it with some of the legends and all that stuff. So, uh, once again, Starcade has some legendary battles 
Um, and you can catch them on the WWE Network. Um, so uh, with that being said, let's let's get into the to the what we call the the Sean Stasiak, the meat of this uh, <laughs> of this show. Pretty much, let's get into NXT Takeover Houston, aka Takeover War Games. Um, let's see, I got the card right here. Do 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 do. Is this it? Uh, here we go. All right, so. Here's a match that I wish was actually on the damn card, but it's going to be on the uh, a dark match that's going to be shown next week on NXT broadcast. Um, it is going to be for the United Kingdom Championship. It's going to be Pete Dunne defending against Johnny Gargano. Oh, God, I wish that was on tonight. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been to three NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I've been to two NXT TakeOver Brooklyn shows and uh we always get the dark matches that air the week after and uh you know this is that one so um i think this is gonna steal the show that we don't see um but at the end of the day pete dunn will retain his united kingdom championship and uh johnny gargano you know has a good match with everyone he faces so that that's gonna be a good one but i'm predicting pete dunn will keep the belt um we have Cassius Ono going up against Lars Sullivan. Um, uh, I'm picking Lars to win this match. Um, it's going to be a hard-hitting, uh, bruising uh, uh, affair here with these two two big guys. To uh, Cassius Ono obviously could do it all in the ring. Um, Lars Sullivan is a guy that they're pushing to be the next big, like Brock Lesnar type, or Rus- or maybe Rusev when he first came out type of guy. Big bruising dude. He's probably like a good 6'3", 6'2", maybe 6'2", 6'3". He's over 300 pounds. The dude is a beast. He's a big bastard. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll they'll let Ono get some offense in. And when we think Ono has a chance, Lars will take over and he'll get the win. Um, here's a very interesting match. <laughs> and all sorts of levels. Uh, Alistair Black is going up against the Velveteen Dream, uh, another aka Patrick Clark from Tough Enough. But um, Alistair Black, I am picking obviously to win this match. I don't see him losing to the Velveteen Dream, even though I think they're gonna showcase. This is gonna be a coming out party for Patrick Clark. I really do think so for the Velveteen Dream. I think they're gonna let him get some offense in. They're gonna let him do some good moves. The dude is not bad in the ring. He's not. I, I actually like how the Velveteen Dream, you know, has been progressing. I really do. Um, Patrick Clark is a guy that was on Tough Enough. Um, that that big Andy, who wherever the hell he is, Lord knows that big Andy one. Um, was it on that one? No. Or was he on the one that all these other clowns were on? Yeah, I think he was on the one with uh, the Yeti. Not the Yeti. Is he the Yeti? <laughs> that he just got released a little while ago. Josh uh, and 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 the girl that's with Blake. Or is it Murphy? I don't know. Um, and, and the guy, uh, ZZ, whatever his name is. I think he was on that one. The newest version of Tough Enough. Um, and the dude, you know, the dude uh, put in the work. And he came up with this character that's obviously a ripoff of Prince. 
and uh the prince the the artist formerly known as prince iakea and uh very gold dust like in his mannerisms and the way he moves and all that stuff so but the dude you know the dude can go in the ring he's not bad but uh he's gonna lose to to alistair black in a a good showing I, i believe that to be true um for the NXT Women's Championship vacated belt, we have a fatal four-way. We have Ember Moon, Kari Sane, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. Um, I'm gonna go with Ember Moon. I know the 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 popular vote will be Kyrie Sane, but uh, I think Ember Moon shows a little bit of an edge more than usual in this match tonight, and I think she comes out with the title. I think she kind of does a quasi heel turn here. I think she puts the beating on Kari Sane. I, I seeing Kari Sane in the May Young Classic, I didn't realize how little that girl is. She is tiny. She's probably the same size as AJ Lee, and AJ Lee was tiny. You know what I mean? So uh I'm gonna say Ember Moon gets the belt uh, in that one. I think it's gonna be a good match because all four of them could go. But I think uh Ember Moon walks out with the belt. I believe this is going to be the co-main event, even though it's for the NXT title, because I'm pretty sure War Games is the main event. Um, for the NXT title, we have Drew McIntyre defending the belt against Andrade Cien Almas, along with Zelina Vega. Um, Drew McIntyre is going to keep the belt. I don't think he's going to lose it on his first title defense. But um, it's going to be a good match. Cien Almas has been putting in great matches uh, in takeovers back to back to back to back and they finally gave him a shot and uh zelina vega aka rosita from tna she's been doing a good job as his manager um (laughs) you guys gotta bear with me because uh i'm i've been a little under the weather the past week uh caught something from my boy that's why i'm a little nasally i've been coughing (laughs) but uh we're gonna get through this damn it (laughs) but uh yeah, I think Drew McIntyre is going to get the win on that one, um, but in a good match. Obviously, NXT, I feel, might steal the weekend. You know what I mean? Uh, War Games. I mean, I, I believe I've uh, shared the rules of War Games in previous episodes. I don't think I want to get into it again, <laughs> but uh, it is it, whatever. Um, we got the Authors of Pain with Roderick Strong. Going up against Sanity with Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane, and Eric Young. Going up against the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Um, I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Undisputed Era. Uh, they need to make a splash in NXT. They need to show dominance like they did in the last NXT Takeover. And I think they're gonna win with help from Roderick Strong. I see Roderick Strong being the 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 one piece of this puzzle that kind of doesn't belong there because him and the authors of pain together as a team is kind of weird. And I see Roddy betraying the authors of pain, joining the Undisputed Era and the four of them closing out the show, you know, on top. So I see the Undisputed Era taking the win in war games in a bloody brawl. With the help of fellow yeah, Ring of Honor uh, alumni, um, Roderick Strong. I see that happening. So that's uh, my predictions for NXT TakeOver War Games. 
Um, and I believe it's going to be a good show. Um, now let's get into Survivor Series. Let's get right into it, man. Let's let's do it. <clears throat> the pre-show match we have Enzo Amore defending the Cruiserweight title against Kalisto. I'm picking Enzo Amore all the way. I can't stand. Honestly, I don't really care for either of them, but uh, I can't stand Kalisto. So I'm going with Enzo. Um, we have for the Intercontinental title, champion versus champion, we have The Miz along with the Miz Taraj going up against Baron Corbin. I'm going with The Miz all the way. I cannot stand Baron Corbin. <laughs> he is terrible. <laughs> I mean, they've had some pretty good back and forth uh, through Twitter and Facebook and all this social media going back and forth. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with The Miz all the way on that one uh in a title versus title it's not title versus title but uh it's uh you know champion versus champion i'm going with the miss i'm i'm not sure if this is what the order is going to be but uh, i'm just going by the way wikipedia shows it um we have team raw versus team smackdown women team raw being uh, uh captained by alicia fox she has Nia Jax, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bayley going up against Team SmackDown, which is captained by Becky Lynch, going up against Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, Natalia, and five-on-five action. I'm going with Team Raw because, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm picking Team Raw. Um, Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss against Charlotte Flair. I'm going with Charlotte on that one. I love Alexa Bliss. I really do. But, uh, you know, everything with uh, Ric Flair with his 30 for dirty, 30 for 30, 30 for dirty. <laughs> Woo! Uh, 30 for 30 that just came out, which is pretty good, by the way. It's a, kind of a must watch. Um, and obviously, Charlotte just winning the Women's Championship on SmackDown, defeating Natalia, having that love, lovely moment where her dad. Um, I see Charlotte defeating Alexa Bliss in a, in a pretty good match. Um, let's see. We have The Shield. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns going up against The New Day. Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. I'm going with The Shield. I, I, eh, I don't see The New Day defeating The Shield at all. And if these, and, and, and think of this X Factor a little bit here. Um, if these two particular guys don't interfere in the Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match itself, I see them interfering here, and I'm talking about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, costing the New Day, uh, this match against, um, against the Shield. Uh, but I see the Shield going over on that one. Um, <clears throat> for the Raw Tag Team Champions against the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro going up against the Usos. I'm going with the Usos. I am the the Usos have turned around for me, man. I, I'm a big fan of the Usos now with this character that they got going uh, with the Uso Penitentiary. They talk all this craziness, and they they've always been good in the ring. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro have been good too with that with that team, but uh, I'm going with the Usos to get the win. <clears throat> We have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Um, Team Raw, Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Triple H. 
Damn, that's a team. <laughs> Going up against another good team itself. Team SmackDown Live. Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. <sighs> I can't even not I can't even call that. <laughs> um shit. <laughs> There's so many different variables that can come through this match. Um what role does Jason Jordan play in this match? What role does Daniel Bryan play in this match? Remember, Daniel Bryan was upset with Shane McMahon over how he acted in terms of the whole under siege thing and wants to talk to Shane after the Survivor Series. But who knows? He might make an appearance. Uh, 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 Jason Jordan can turn heel on his pops. He could attack Triple H in the match. He, uh, a lot of things can happen. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn can turn their backs on SmackDown and attack SmackDown guys during this match too. There are so many different variables. Um, maybe Kurt Angle could turn on Raw. And, and and help SmackDown because of how Triple H treated his son. You know what I mean? And maybe Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan go to SmackDown. There have been rumors of switching Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan as general manager. I don't know, man. There's so many different variables going on in this match. And not only that, with two stacked teams like this. Um, I'm going to say uh, a gun to my head, Team Raw. I'm going with Team Raw to win the match. Gun to my head. Um, but I, I'm very intrigued by, by this five on five, two very stacked teams, uh, big names all around. And, uh, uh, it should be great wrestling too. You know, you got a bunch of TNA guys in there. <laughs> you got, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in there. You know what I mean? You got a whole bunch of, you know, old veterans, Triple H, Kurt Angle, you know, along with Braun Strowman and Finn Balor. And it's going to be a great match. It really is. I think it's going to be good. Main event. <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. Champion versus champion. Obviously, the easy the easy thing to say is going to say Brock Lesnar, right? That'll be the easy thing to do. Um, and the only reason why I'm saying Brock, because I would usually pick him anyway, but I think they're going to give AJ Styles a lot of offense in this match. I think Jinder Mahal is going to cost AJ Styles this match. Not even Paul Heyman. Not even Brock just beating him clean. He is going to beat him clean, but I think Jinder Mahal is going to cost AJ Styles this match. He's going to distract him. He's going to hit him. He's going to do something in Brock. I think the ending should probably be AJ Styles going for the phenomenal forearm, getting caught F5, 1, 2, 3. I think Brock is going to win. I'm saying Brock's going to win, but what I'm saying also is they're going to give AJ Styles a good a good go at it. AJ Styles is going to have a good match. Um and that Survivor Series, hopefully it delivers, man, because this is a good this is a great card on paper. And Survivor Series has been in the shits for years, man. It, it, little quick rant. Survivor Series for me, and this is just my opinion, has been the redheaded bastard stepchild of the WWE Big Four pay-per-views, okay? WrestleMania is always the mecca. It's untouchable. Uh, 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 SummerSlam is always the biggest party of the summer. You can't miss it, blah, blah, blah. Royal Rumble is always anticipated and is probably my favorite pay-per-view. 
Survivor Series, which is the second oldest out of the four, which used to be very exciting show, has been in the shits for years. For years, they treated it like, okay. They even took away the, the, the thing that made it great, which is the elimination matches. Seeing all different superstars going up against each other the whole freaking night. But no, we only get it once. One match. One traditional Survivor Series match. That's why they call it the traditional Survivor Series match. Because they don't do the shit the whole, the whole pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Now we get it twice. We get it with the women and we get it with the men. Fine. And we get a whole bunch of one-on-ones. The, all they did was take the model that was bragging rights. Remember the old WWE bragging rights pay-per-views? They took that model and they just slapped on the Survivor Series logo on it. That's all they did. You know? But there have been some great moments in Survivor Series history. Uh, you know, Andre the Giant being the first main event sole survivor in back in 87. Uh... Bob Backlund defeating Bret Hart at Survivor Series 94. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, for the WWE title after being not in the ring for 10 years. Um, Bret Hart defeated Kevin Nash a year later to win the WWE title. Uh, Bret Hart came back. A lot of Bret Hart. Bret Hart came back in 96 after being off after WrestleMania 12 and wrestled Steve Austin in, in a good match. Um, and then I'll get into Survivor Series 97 pretty much in a couple of seconds uh, because it is now time for Jay's Pay-Per-View Rewind to end the show. You know, uh, I, I, like I said, this was going to be a fast show. This wasn't going to be a long one. Um, just getting the getting through the gist, you know, which is Survivor Series and NXT. Um, and yeah, let's let's get it. Let's get it going with Jay's Pay-Per-View Rewind. I'm going to start off with, uh, let's start off with, with WCW, um, WCW's World War Three. Now, for those of you who don't remember WCW World War Three, <clears throat> World War Three was a three ring, 60 man, 60 man, yeah, three rings, 60 guy battle royal, and the winner of this battle royal would win a title shot. It's kind of like their Royal Rumble. Three rings, 60 guys. So 20 guys per ring. Whoever won this, uh, and you could go into any ring at any point. Whoever won this match won a shot at the WCW title at Super Brawl. Okay? Um, so that was that. And then they had a bunch of other matches throughout the pay-per-view. Um so we'll start off with WCW World War Three ninety seven. Uh, started off with the Faces of Fear, which was Ming and the Barbarian. They defeated Glacier and Ernest the Cat Miller in nine minutes. We had Perry Saturn, who defeated the Disco Inferno, and this was a match for the WCW Television Title in eight minutes. Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono defeated the Ultimo Dragon in twelve minutes and forty five seconds. We had the Steiner Brothers, my favorite tag team of all time, defeated the Blue Bloods, Lord Steven Regal, William Regal, NXT uh, general manager, and the Squire, Dave Taylor. And that was a match for the WCW tag team titles. They won that match in 9 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, one of my favorites, man, Raven with Lodi, Kidman, and Saturn 
And Hammer, Van Hammer, <laughs> defeated Scotty Riggs in a Ravens Rules match, a.k.a. a hardcore match, in 9 minutes and 43 seconds. Steve Mongo McMichael ugh, defeated Alex Wright in 3 minutes and 33 seconds. Poor kid. Um, Eddie Guerrero, this is probably the match of the night. Eddie Guerrero defeated Rey Mysterio in a match for the Cruiserweight title, 12 minutes and 42 seconds. In the co-main event, Kurt Hennig who was the United States champion, defeated the Nature Boy Ric Flair in 17 minutes and 57 seconds. I have to watch that match again. If it's that long, it should be pretty good. And a no disqualification match. And that was for the United States title. And in the main event, World War III, 60-man uh, uh, battle royal, was won by Scott Hall, who uh, the last guy he eliminated, the Giant, a.k.a. Big Show. Um, so Scott Hall was awarded the WCW World Title match. Uh, I don't think he got it at Super Brawl because uh, I think some craziness happened and Super Brawl was the rematch for I think Hogan and Sting. Um, but Scott Hall got his title match down the road. Um, but I'll get into Super Brawl next month. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that was WCW World War Three. Uh, let's get into ECW November to Remember. 97 we have starting the night chris Can no gimmicks needed chris candido and lance storm defeating tommy rogers and jerry lynn now if you guys uh who are not old school fans don't know the name tommy rogers tommy rogers was on a team back in the day known as the fantastics and uh they were really good i think it was uh him and bobby fulton i want to say um so that was a pretty good match. That uh, Chris Candido and Lance Storm won the match in 16 minutes and 42 seconds. It started off as a as a singles match between Candido and Rogers, but Lance Storm interfered, then Jerry Lynn interfered, and then they turned it into a tag team match. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Justin Credible with Jason uh, in seven minutes and 15 seconds. Taz defeated Pitbull number two. Yuck. Um, who had Pitbull number one with him and Brackus from WWE um, in a singles match for the world te for the television title in one minute and twenty nine seconds. Oof. <laughs> um, for a four way dance for the ECW World Tag Team Titles, we had the FBI, Tracy Smothers and Little Guido, defeating the Dudley Boys, uh, Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten and. The Gangstonators, <laughs> New Jack and John Cronus, the late John Cronus, also Balls Mahoney, Axel Rotten, not with us anymore, unfortunately. Um, Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso defeated Tommy Dreamer with Beulah McGillicuddy in a flag match uh, in 16 minutes and two seconds. I remember this Rob Van Dam was representing, quote unquote, representing WWE at the time. He was known as Mr. Monday Night. Um, Sabu with Bill Alfonso also defeated the Sandman in a tables, ladders, and chairs match uh, in 20 minutes and 55 seconds. And Shane Douglas with Francine defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to reclaim the ECW World Heavyweight title in 25 minutes. This was a good show. I, I literally saw this maybe a couple of weeks ago. I, it's very, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Um, now, <laughs> going up against WWE's Survivor Series 97 Gang Rules. 
And uh, this is obviously, you know, <laughs> the infamous night in Montreal. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, they started the night 4-on-4 four four Survivor Series elimination match. Got the Godwins, Henry Godwin and Phineas Godwin, along with the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog, defeating the Headbangers and the New Blackjacks in 15 minutes and 25 seconds. We had the Truth Commission, Oof. <laughs> the Jackal, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus, Recon and Sniper, <laughs> along with the Interrogator, a.k.a. Uh, Kurgan, um, who went on to be uh, uh, a Hollywood-like stuntman. Um, and defeated the Disciples of Apocalypse, Eight Ball, Chain, Skull, and Crush in 10 minutes. You had Team Canada going up against Team USA. The British Bulldog, Doug Furness, Jim the Anvil Nyhart, and Phil LaFon defeating Goldust, Mark Merrow, Steve Blackman, and Vader in 17 minutes and 5 seconds. Pretty much this was Goldust going through his kind of weird, psychotic, uh, funky little stage. I mean, you got to go back. I mean, he he, storyline purposes, he was getting a divorce with with Marlena, a.k.a. Terry Reynolds. And uh, he left his family and then he turned his back on Team USA and he walked out. And, you know, it it was a crazy uh, transformation for, for Goldie back then. Um Here's something kind of historic. It is the 20-year anniversary of the in-ring debut of this character, uh, Kane, along with with Uncle Paul, Paul Bearer, well, his daddy, uh, (laughs) um, but Mankind used to call him Uncle Paul, defeated Mankind in 9 minutes and 27 seconds. 4-on-4 Survivor Series elimination match. He had Ken Shamrock. Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom defeating the Nation of Domination. Uh, Farouk, D'Lo Brown, Kama Mustafa, a.k.a. The Godfather, and Rocky Maivia. A lot of you might know him as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> In 20 minutes and 28 seconds, and Ken Shamrock, former UFC champion. Bef- yeah, there was another one before Brock, you guys. His name was Ken Shamrock. Um, was the sole survivor. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Owen Hart for the Intercontinental title in four minutes. <laughs> um, and Shawn Michaels. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels defeated Brett the Hitman Hart with the sharpshooter <laughs> uh, to win the WWE World Heavyweight title in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, for a lot of you who don't know what this match signified, um, the Montreal Screwjob, the biggest worked real angle ever in, in wrestling. Um, Shawn Michaels puts the sharpshooter on Bret Hart. Vince McMahon instructs the referee to ring the bell. They ring the bell. They give the belt to Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels gets escorted out of the arena by uh, Gerald Briscoe. Um, Bret Hart spits in Vince McMahon's face. He starts breaking monitors and tables and throwing chairs around and stuff like that. And uh, everybody kind of knew or didn't know or whatever the case, Bret Hart was leaving for WCW. And um, 
first he signed he re-signed the 20-year deal with WWE. He wasn't going to go anywhere. But McMahon couldn't give that to Brett because if he gave that type of deal <clears throat> to Bret Hart, he would have to give it to Undertaker, Michaels, Austin, um, a whole bunch of other guys, and he wasn't willing to do it. So he reneged on the deal, and uh, he allowed Brett to sign with WCW. And when Brett did, they obviously needed to get the belt off of him. So they wanted Brett to drop the belt to Sean in Canada. Brett didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to hold on to the belt and drop it to Sean maybe at a later date or whatever the case before he left to WCW. But he wasn't going to, he didn't plan on taking the belt to WCW. Kind of like how uh, Medusa, Alundra Blaze, took the WWE Women's title to, to Nitro and threw it in the trash. He didn't want Brett to do the same to the WWE title. So McMahon put this plan together with Sean and Triple H and whoever else was involved. And uh, that was his way of getting the title off Brett. And uh, that was the Montreal Screwjob. And... Uh, Apparently when Bret Hart, I mean, if you really want to know everything about it, there's an old documentary that I own that is that is pretty famous, and it's called Wrestling With Shadows. It, it aired on a and E. I I want to say back in the 90s, back in 99. Um, and uh, I own the 10-year anniversary of Wrestling With Shadows on DVD, and it also came with another DVD, The Life and Death of Owen Hart, and it, uh, the same producer... Uh, did a documentary about the death of Owen Hart, and uh, you know, that has nothing to do with, with what I'm talking about. But yeah, man, 20 years Montreal screw job, 20 years the debut of Kane, it's gonna be hard to beat. I mean, I an ECW show was good, WCW show was probably very good, but uh, WWE Survivor Series '97 wins this one just on just on what it is and what it represented in the business uh, alone. The Montreal Screw Job is a history-making event that uh, will probably never get touched, and um, people still talk about it to this day. The as I am right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's safe to say that uh, WWE Survivor Series 1997 Gang Rules the Montreal Screw Job uh, wins this edition of Jay's Pay Per View Rewind. Um, and that's, uh, and that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I gave my predictions for NXT TakeOver and for Survivor Series. Um, got everything out the way. Um, you know what? One more thing. It is also the 12th year anniversary of the death of Eddie Guerrero. How I almost forgot that. <laughs> um, Obviously, he died in 2005. Uh, he was gonna. He qualified for the uh, Survivor Series match for Smack for Team SmackDown back in '95 by winning the last match he'll ever have, and that was against Mr. Kennedy, uh, Ken Anderson, who now announces boxing matches, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, you can check that out. Just go to YouTube. And type in Ken Anderson boxing announcing, and you know he announced some boxing fight, doing his gimmick that he did in WWE and TNA and all that. It's pretty cool. Um, 
But uh, Eddie Guerrero was one of the, uh, looking back at his work now, it stands the test of time. It really does. Uh, his, his promo ability, his entertaining ability, his in-ring work was superior. Um, the dude was just magnificent, and he is truly missed. Eddie Guerrero, I wish Eddie Guerrero was still around. Um, I mean, I, I wish Chris Benoit didn't do what he did and he was still around. I wish a lot of the guys who was taken away from us too soon was still around, you know. Um, but rest in peace to the late, great Eddie Guerrero. Continue to rest in peace, my brother. Thank you for entertaining me all these years. Thank you for doing what you did. Um, yeah, so 12 years, man. Wow. Time flies, man. <laughs> Time flies. But um, with that being said, this was episode number 25 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I will try to be back uh, before Thanksgiving, which is next week, <laughs> a few days. Um, I will try to come back to record Wednesday night so that I could be out by Thanksgiving or maybe even Tuesday after SmackDown airs. Um <clears throat> So with all the fallout of Survivor Series, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, whatever the case, I will try to get episode 26 out there before uh, Thursday. So, uh, and, and if I'm not able to, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hope everybody enjoys the food. Uh, you know, I, I love that. <laughs> Thanksgiving, obviously, me loving to eat is one of my favorite holidays, um, as well as all the, the shopping and all that stuff. <clears throat> but, um... Like I said, with that being said, I hope everybody enjoys NXT TakeOver Houston, a.k.a. War Games is back, you know, uh, after 20 years of not having it. Um, there have been other, like, indie promotions that have done War Games. Um, MLW has done it. Uh, I believe CCW has done War Games. Um, but the first time for WWE fans to experience it, and it should be great. So enjoy War Games. Enjoy Survivor Series. Once again, Catch the Jay's Week in Wrestling podcast on the SND podcast channel, which you can catch on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast from. Um, and check out check out their other shows, man. Check out the flagship. Check out SND podcast. Check out the Weissman and Oz show, Rising Apple. Check out a uh, 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 you know just check check us out, man. You won't regret it. Trust me. <laughs> so once again, this was Jay. Thank you for listening. Catch y'all next time. Enjoy your shows, man. See you later.